welcome back to the Down South IT Podcast. It's great to have you listening with me today. My name is Clark, and today we're going to go down the rabbit hole a little bit with gaming and where the industry is starting to go. Also, in a little bit, I'll have on my very first call-in guest to the show, so please stick around for that here in just a couple of minutes. And just as a disclaimer also, you will hear some uh, bells and craziness during the interview. That's just a podcast mascot, Bubba the Cat, so... If you hear that, it's just him playing in the background. Just don't worry about it too much. And of course, please don't forget to check out the website. It's www.downsouthitpodcast.com. You can catch up on everything about the podcast on there. Check out past episodes on the Embedded Player. You can find all kinds of things on there related to the podcast. My build projects, blog, so much more. Please take a couple of minutes. Play around on there. I'm fi- I'm sure you'll find something that you like. Uh, If you have any questions on anything, please don't hesitate to drop a comment on the Facebook page and then just search at DownSouthIT. Or you can old school email me at DownSouthIT at gmail.com. Now, when you think gaming, most people instinctively think of Xbox and PlayStation since those are by far the most dominant consoles out there right now. Uh, Even with Nintendo taking the bronze medal, but... They're showing a lot of increase in sales with the Switch console. In fact, they they sold over 9 million Switch consoles just in the last year. So they're actually coming up on the lifetime sales of the Nintendo 64 as far as sales go for the Switch. So Switch has been hugely, hugely popular. But most people, when they think gaming, they only think Xbox and PlayStation. Now... There's a lot more things going on in gaming than just those consoles. There's PCs, there's streaming devices, there's augmented reality, there's virtual reality. There's uh, MR, which is mixed reality. You know, we talked about that in a past episode, in the first season actually. But all of these things, you know, the gaming industry ebbs and flows to different things uh, at different times. So where is gaming actually headed? Are the consoles here to stay? Is there something out there that's going to dethrone these consoles for good? For that, I want to introduce my first ever guest on the podcast. His name is Ray Owen, and he and I have been friends since uh, roughly 2006, back when we were both working stiffs. At this point, he's probably forgotten more about gaming than I'm ever going to know, so he's probably the best guy I know to, to talk about this kind of thing. He's actually one of the leads of XVX Asylum Gaming, and XVXA opened in uh, December of 98. It was a group of players that formed from Ultima Online. His gamer tag is Serapis. If you want to look him up, it's S-E-R-I-P-I-S. And apparently that came from the uh, ancient Egyptian god name of Serapis. He's a stay-at-home dad of two wonderful autistic kids. I love them to death. They're crazy. I love them. And according to him, (laughs) gaming is his anchor to his sanity. So I want to welcome to the podcast, Ray Owen. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you doing tonight? Doing great. Doing great. So we'll kind of jump right into it. Uh, what style of games do you prefer, and what platform do you mainly play on? Uh, primarily, I play on PC, and most of the games uh, prefer the survival builder style games, and then also the storyline games, such as the Batman Arkham series, Witcher, um, Hitman, and uh, those styles. 
do you get your games like from Steam or you know do you buy buy them or how how do you go about getting getting most of the ones that you play? I I pretty much buy them from Steam just for the simple fact of they're always there to download. Even if Steam stops selling that game, they still provide the download for people that purchase it. Okay, well that's cool. Of all the games that you played, which one did you enjoy the most? I would have to say Imperion. It is a space-style survival game. You start off on a planet with literally nothing, and you build up to where you have multiple bases and massive ships. It's one of the hardest to get started survival games out there. And that's the one that you showed me last time I was by your house with all the ships and going to different planets and stuff like that? Yes. Because the, the graphics on that were nuts. I'm talking insanely nuts. Well, they do have another game coming out soon, which I'm looking forward to, which is built on the same concept of building your own custom ships, which is called Dual Universe. And it's going to blow Empyrean out of the water, I think. It's on a whole other scale when it comes to the immense immense size of the play fields and universe and the way you interact with the other people. Okay, so they're basically taking Empyrean and putting it on steroids. Um, They're taking an EVE Online-style universe, and mixing it with an Empyrean game style. So you get a massive universe with really large potential, but you have full creative freedom. You're not stuck with a pre-designed ship that they hand to you and say, here, this is what you're going to fly. That sounds interesting. And you got to basically just build it up from nothing. Yeah. yeah. If you got the time, man, I mean, that's 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 your type of thing. You know, I'm, I'm more into the, the first-person shooter, you know, Call of Duty type games. Yeah. Especially Metal Gear, you know, those, those type but uh and i'm more um my me myself i mean i'm more console i'm not i'm not into the the pc side of things i'm more on the console side and really not even really into that i'm a very casual gamer as it goes the one that the game that i i think i've played that i liked the most was probably believe it or not it was a ps1 game and it was metal gear solid and really, the, oh yeah, you remember that one? Yeah. And really, the only reason, yeah. the only reason I love that game, and in fact, I still play that game to this day, is because the story was so good. The, it was so well written. Everything, everything's laid out. It was the two disc set and everything. So you had to sit there and switch CDs in between halfway going and everything. But just the the story arc of that game was just so good. You know, it, it it's. That was probably one of my favorite games ever, you know. Even going, even going up to some of the Xbox 360 and Call of Duty games and stuff like that. But yeah, that one's probably by far my favorite. Based on that, you would probably enjoy a game called Dusex, especially the newest one. The newest one in the series, very elaborate storyline, very well thought out. I've seen. I've, I think I've seen. I've actually seen. Not commercials for it, but I've seen like ads on on certain websites about for that one. Yeah, there's a uh, four, I think four installments of the game now, um, and they the Do Sex line has been out for quite a while. So the first one and the second one, they're kind of old school graphics, but when you get to the third and fourth one, they start looking really good, and the storyline and game mechanics in those are really amazing. Okay, I might have to look into that one then. Which game did you have the highest hope for that turned out to be horrible? I guess the easiest question answer to that one would be uh, Ark. 
it started off, there's been multiple expansions to the game. In the first expansion, which was pre-alpha release or pre-release, was really good. It had some good content to it. And as the game progressed, before when uh, as the game progressed and they started adding new content, it started. Well, let's just say you could tell the lack of attention to detail was there. It felt more like they were rushing content than actually finishing the game. So by the time they got to the actual full version of the game and it was fully released, it was lacking. And there, there, you know, you could get on the game and one afternoon completely max out your character and have pretty much everything you need. There was no challenge to the game at all. And that's kind of the, the the way that a lot of the games are done now, though. They they basically alpha test a lot of stuff. As for, even PS4 and Xbox and Nintendo, well, not so much Nintendo. Nintendo, they kind of do a lot of their stuff in-house, and they don't release it till it's ready. But, yeah. you know, a lot of Xbox and, you know, the, the really bigger game companies... They alpha test stuff, and basically the release that you buy in the store is almost like a, a giant beta test, and then they just fix it with software patches later on down the road. Well, the reason why they do that is because it's impossible from a gaming company point of view to actually test everything. So they've gotten to the point where they've just stopped trying. They release it in that format, let the millions of players go ham on it, and they're much more likely to find the issues at a much quicker rate that way. So they're able to fix the problems. Now, a lot of the games that you see that are actually on Steam that are pre-release that you can buy, like Ark was, their content develops quickly. They add a lot of content to it. They add a lot of depth to it. And, like, there's another game, Conan Exiles. There's been a lot of negativity about that game, but one thing I have to give those developers, they might not have added as much content as quickly, quickly, but they did fix the game. The game is beautiful, stunning graphics, well-made, and stable. I think that, that's the biggest point is that it's stable. That's the biggest point is that it's stable because there's no point in playing yeah. a game, especially on PC or even uh, online games now, if the the thing is so unstable that you can't play it and it crashes every five minutes. Yeah, that that is a major problem with a lot of the pre-release games. And they have, you have a lot of issues to where they have memory leaks. That's one of the biggest problems. They'll sit there and, like, I have 32 gigs of RAM on my system, and I'll look over on some of these pre-release games, and they're using 28 to 30 gigs of my RAM because they're not releasing it when they're done with it. Yeah, in fact, uh, early versions of Android had the same problem. Mm-hmm. They, had, they had the exact Very same problem. So. And, well, and to be fair, a lot of the a lot of the games on Steam are they're, they might not be Linux based, but they were Linux tested. If you know yes. what I mean. So, so I mean they're. A lot of the development is on Linux machines, so they may have the same a lot of the same issues that Android had, you know, before they actually started fixing a lot of that stuff. Yeah, well, I typically stay away from the smaller developers on Steam, like you know, two guys in their base and making the game. Not so much of the fact of I don't see that they're doing quality work. A lot of times they do very good quality work. It's just those are typically not the styles of games I play. And typically, they don't have enough content to actually keep me interested. So they can't. They, the smaller developers, they may have good content, but they can't add it fast enough to keep people interested in the long term. Yeah. Well, I mean, or if they do add it content quick enough, typically it's because they've done the game in a very old style. Like you, there's a large influx of side scroller games, old school eight bit games that people are basically 
cookie cutter punching these games out with their own storyline and a few tweaks on some existing graphics and calling it their own game. What do you think in the next five years is probably going to be the biggest leap in gaming? Do you think it's going to be a hardware revolution? Do you think it's going to be a software revolution? Is it going to be a combination of the two? What do you think? Well, right now the biggest thing that's happening is software is waiting on hardware. And there's a lot of new things coming. Recently, AMD started their new Ryzen CPU series and Threadripper CPU series. And the Threadripper CPU series is just amazing. And now they're also looking at releasing a new line of graphics cards here shortly, which if they meet up to the specs they're promising, they're going to be making they're going to make NVIDIA look like a garage shell project. Wow. So, and they're keeping their costs low on these systems, too. And then you also have a combination of that and the fact that the whole Bitcoin boom of last year has pretty much died. So now you've got all these graphics cards that people bought are flooding the market, and the cost of graphics cards and RAM are coming down quite considerably. Yeah, because I actually, I, I tried building a Bitcoin miner a while back, and it didn't really work out very well. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be for it to be even remotely profitable, you have to have some serious serious hardware. You know. Yeah. I'm, well, it, the problem with Bitcoin mining is you have the more people do it, the less likely you are to get them. So it, it kind of becomes a flood in the market thing. You know, you've got thousands of people looking for that one needle in the haystack. Yeah, and only one person's going to get it. There's a lot of hay in that haystack, and not a lot of needles. Exactly. <laughs> If, if I, I just wish the, call, the the price of Bitcoin can go up, because uh, that way you know if it shoots up like I'm like it did la- uh, the last couple of years, I may be able to retire at forty. But uh, we go we go find out. We'll see what happens with that later on. <laughs> well, currently with the trend going right now with people abandoning the Bitcoin mining, they're going to start becoming a lot harder to get in regards to the fact that you don't have any, that many people doing it anymore. So the value of them is actually going to go up. Yeah, but and then, like you said, with uh, using all of those the graphics cards to be able to do basically the the mathematic, you know, check and some check and everything to do that Bitcoin mining. If you're not doing that anymore, what are you going to use these graphics cards for? You might as well put exactly. them in a you might as well com- put them in a computer and stack them and make a damn good gaming PC out of it. To be honest, well, you can't even do the four uh, the four tier SLI bridge anymore. I mean, pretty much two is max you can do anymore. Yeah, most of the motherboard now, configurations, you, do, you mean? Yeah. Well, no, it's not the motherboard. It's the um, back inside of it. And really, even cut the support for it. You can only do two at a time, pretty much. Now, you can do four graphics cards if you want to have four uh, displays hooked up to each individual graphics card if you want to split up your task. But as far as combining the power of them, it's not even worth it. Right now, I, I think the... The hardware is catching up, you know, as far as uh, the games that they want to be able to portray and everything. But I think the biggest, the biggest jump in the next few years, it's almost has to be hardware because I think that probably yeah. the, the biggest. Well, hardware the, is holding everything else back at the moment. The software, well, yeah, yeah, but I'm, uh, and the ability to do things is way beyond where hardware is. Yeah, but I'm uh, what I was trying to get into was as far as the style of gaming. That's going to become, you know, going to be a lot more prevalent in the next you know, few years. Is probably going to be more, uh, more mobile gaming. 
mobile gaming and going into that that augmented reality to AR VR type you know stuff I think that's going to mm-hmm. be a lot that's going to be I think the next jump is going to be you know is they're going to have a lot more PC games they're all they're going to have consoles but the thing to blow up I think in the next few years is probably going to be that AR type game that Pokemon Go style game you know but once the hardware actually picks up to where you can have that whole thing like you know just put on a pair of glasses and play the game you know once yeah. once that hardware comes out or somebody gets close even remotely close to that you know that Google Glass style that's going to be a game changer man i mean that that is going whoever comes up with that first whether it's Nvidia whether it's Microsoft or you know whoever comes up with it first it doesn't matter. Whoever whoever comes up with it first and does it right, they are going to make a ton of money. Yeah, there are a few companies that are currently working on projects in regards to that. There's one company I saw a advertisement on a video on YouTube today. I can't remember the name of the company, but it was um they called it the personal theater system, but it works for augmented reality and VR games as well. And it's even to the point to where you pull it over your eyes, and if you wear glasses. There's adjustable things on the, each eye where you can adjust it to where you don't have to wear your glasses when you're using the headset. That's cool. Yeah, and it's really nice setup, and they're working on bringing the price down on those as well. The only problem you're going to have with that in regards to mobile technology is, while cell phones do have a lot of potential at this point with the new advances, the only cell phone on the market right now that could really come anywhere close to handling an actual true VR setup would be the... Uh, as rock phone okay. that phone is you want to talk about a gaming setup that phone can do some amazing stuff they even have it comes with a clip-on ventilator thing to actually cool it it has its own cooler yeah it has a little snap-on cooler and the usc port is actually on the side of it so when you're holding it in game mode it's sticking down and not under your hand yeah but it comes with a clip-on cooler that snaps onto the back of it and takes away it does extra cooling for it because it heats up that much when it's graphics card is turned on so but those are expensive devices unfortunately one of the things we're finding with the mobile market right now is you're having a lot of inflated price because well apple made their new phone 1400 so we'll make our new phone 1400 so you're seeing the price of phones go up whereas i can go online right now on newegg spend a thousand bucks have 32 gigs of ram a brand new 6 gig graphics card, a 500 gig M2 NVE drive, the ones that actually mount on the motherboard. I have an A5 2600 processor, which is a second gen processor. I can have a maxed out gaming rig for less than for the cost of a phone. A thousand bucks or less. Yeah, for less than the cost and of that's an not iPhone. Even beginner, yeah, for less than the cost of an iPhone. And speaking of, I just uh, had a thought too. With stuff m- moving into the mobile platform. And like we were talking about, you know, earlier with the, the Google Glass, you know, type, you know, AR and uh, VR headsets and stuff like that. Do you think the batteries, uh, the battery technology will actually catch up to be able to let something like that, you know, come of age? The because, because the I mean, to power something like that, you're going to need a fairly large battery or a ver- very strong battery in a small package. And they just really don't have anything like that yet. They may be developing it, but it's not on the market yet. Well, the biggest problem you're going to find with that is the same thing you find with Windows. Um, companies make new batteries, really nice batteries. Batteries have actually come down in size quite a bit over the past five to ten years. And they've gone up in, in capacity quite a bit. 
but the problem you have is the more they add to them, the more designers are like, well, now I have this I can work with. So they don't leave it there to add to your ability. They, oh, well, that's a 10% extra battery they gave me this new battery, so I'll do this and use that up. So basically, you know, the phone life that you, the battery life you get in a phone today really isn't much different than the battery life you got in a phone five years ago. Because while the batteries have gotten better, the devices have gotten more taxing. Yeah, they they have more processing power, more graphics, you know, uh, 4G and now coming up with 5G, you know, uh, internet. That's that's all taxing on a on a system, especially the you know. Well, a lot of it's back end stuff. It's not even extra stuff that you're getting a perk out of, like more RAM or better CPU. It's a lot of back end running software. Like if you ever look in an Android device or even iPhone, if you're able to look at the full specs of what's actually running in your phone, there's a lot of stuff running in the background on your phone. It's just as much as a desktop. Yeah, actually, they they change things up a little bit in Android Pie. Uh, the latest release and basically most of the apps that you have on your phone will run partially in the background and that's mainly just so whenever you do decide to use it it you get faster load times but on the other end like you said on the back end that's still system resources that it's it's using so it's you're you're mm-hmm. you're using that on the back end it may uh, to be honest, I would rather I would rather the thing be completely stopped and not be working and wait an extra half second to a second for a app to load and still have all of those system resources and be able to you, if you did that on you know my phone right now or yours, you would take the battery that you have now and I would basically double possibly triple the battery life on that on that phone. Oh yeah, very much so. And then you have the problem with uh like Verizon, AT&T they basically, like, if, if you buy a straight-up Android phone that's not from a carrier, it's a clean version of Android. There's not a lot to it. It, it does everything that's supposed to, but it's not all this custom stuff that's been added to it. When you buy um, one of the name brands, they've customized it. They've added new stuff to it. And then Verizon gets a hold of it. And Verizon adds in all these back-end software that they've signed contracts with to agree, well, we're going to add this to our devices and you're going to pay us so much per device. So and that's kind of how they are able to... Well, it's not how they keep price down because they're not really keeping price down. It's just one more way they make money off of you. Yeah, that's that's their back-end way of making the money back for the phone, for the, well, the for the manufacturer, for the manufacturer. They actually make a really good profit when they sell you the phone. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm that's why I'm kind of glad that I actually just have a straight vanilla Android phone, and I don't have to worry about that. It's just straight Google, you know, and mm-hmm. it's no skins, no craziness. It's just straight Android. I've always had the LG, you know, skin type, you know, they, they put their their skin on it, their custom UI on it, that kind of thing. And I've always yeah. loved the LG UI. You know, the well, LG, they're not as bad as Samsung is. No, Samsung's, Samsung's terrible. About it. Samsung is terrible when it comes to adding stuff to their phones. If you had a, yeah, if you had a vanilla so version, stuff. if you had a vanilla version of uh, Android on a Samsung Galaxy S9, that thing would fly. But they're never yeah. going to do that. The only way to do it is root it and, you know, go from there. But you know how, how much they love it whenever you root your phone. So, okay, last word. So where do you think it, the gaming is going to be headed? Do you think uh, you think it's going to be more mobile? you think it's going to be, you know, consoles? you think it's going to be PC? Well, 
I think right now the biggest thing that's going to be happening soon is consoles are getting to the point to where they're getting so close to being an actual computer, there's not much of a difference anymore. Right now when you buy a console, you're buying a budget PC with a special label on it, is all you're buying. They use five, six-year outdated technology from PCs, pack them in a pretty case, put a logo on it, and put their custom software on it. That's that's really all a console is when it comes down to the hardware of it. Yeah. So it, I'm really thinking that right now with the cost of PCs coming down, you could build a PlayStation 4 equivalent PC, actually a little bit better, for around $350, $400. And have a small form factor, the same size as a, as a PS4, sorry, PS4, not PS3, but the same size as a PS4, and set it in your, in your entertainment center and have wireless everything. Yeah, that's true. And uh, while I was doing research for this, I actually came across a Android-based uh, console. It's called a Ouya. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Okay. And basically, it's a uh, just for everybody so they can know, it's a $99 console. The controllers are 30 bucks a pop. And it's Android based and which you, you can down you just download the games that you want. They have a, a library as of right now, I believe is over twelve hundred games. Um, they're adding new ones all the time. They add new developers all the time. But on top of yeah. playing games, you can actually download different apps and stuff that you normally use on your Android phone. So you can actually stream TV and stuff like that now. So it's basically you taking it's an amalgamation between your phone, your smart TV, your streaming device, and it's, it's bringing it all into one, which I think is kind of the formula that Xbox wanted to go, but they kind of, I, they're they're so... Well, Xbox is Microsoft. Yeah, but... And uh, Microsoft, they had their limitations as far as thinking towards the future. Yeah, but I think that's the that's the kind of conglomeration of devices that they wanted Xbox to be. And they're, they're kind of slowly getting there, but they never, I, I, to be honest, I really don't think they actually got, they still got there yet. They're still, they're still, no, they you know, not. everything's kind of, you have different things that you can do with the Xbox and different things, but I think they've kind of shifted from an all-in-one device that you do for everything to, you know, actually making it more into a console, but they're, they got more into the online gaming side. Well, I guess telling you, I, I could go online right now and I can get a small frame computer that's designed for gaming for a really decent price. I mean, if I buy a pre-built one, it's going to be a little bit more than I build one myself. Install Steam on it. Steam has a mode that makes it like a console where you can use your game controller and all you see is the, the, the Steam environment. Then you can download games. You can load the games, launch them, everything from inside the console system. So it's basically like having a Steam gaming console. And with the way Steam does their sale prices, it's kind of hard to beat them. I mean, I, there's a lot of times I get $60 games for 5 bucks. Yeah, and they, they do they do crazy game sales. I mean, they'll... They'll, yeah. they'll drop prices, like you said, $60 down to 5 for, you know, a day or two. They'll drop, you know... Mm-hmm. Four, 30 40 dollar games down to two three bucks you know and 
once you pay that, you have it. It's yours. You know, you just if you happen to catch it on that good day, you know, you can get a, a really nice game for dirt cheap. I think I have a hundred and six game titles in my library. I have a friend that has over, I think, twelve, thirteen hundred. Yeah, he he waits <laughs> till their Christmas sale every year, and then he'll go online and on Steam and buy like, you know, thousand dollars worth of games for a hundred bucks. You know, and that's his Christmas present to himself every year. He's single, no kids, and no family, so every year he spends a hundred bucks on games, and that's how he celebrates. Yeah, and he. You spend a hundred dollars on a thousand dollars worth of games. You got you set up for the rest of the year. Exactly, and then he's good for a year. Next year, by the time next Christmas comes around, all the games that have come out over the year, they're now on sale. So he buys them. Hmm. I real I, I know this is coming from a PC gamer point of view, and I'm not trying to say this from a from a biased point of view, but I honestly do feel that the market is going to be shifting more back towards mobile and PC gaming and away from consoles. Because it's going to get to the point where in order for consoles to keep up with the PC gaming in regards to the price of the games that the players are buying and the hardware capabilities, they're just not going to be able to do it anymore. It's not going to be financially viable for them. No, not at all. Now, if they were smart, Sony, make a card. Everybody's PC has extra PCI slots. Make a card that plugs into the game, emulates your uh, system, they can buy the games from your market, and they use their PC's hardware. And you, they can even plug, hook up their controllers to it. That'd be a lot cheaper than making a console. You're still making a device that's, you know, keeping your games and your software secure so they can't, you know, just download it and hack it. And you're still keeping up with the mainstay. You might actually be able to uh, even get around doing that with even a USB 3 device. Instead of yeah. doing a you know a PCI slot, you know, so you won't even have to go into the internals on your computer for you know, for the, yeah. the layman. Very much so. That actually would Very probably would, so that would not be a bad idea to be honest. You might you might want to uh, send that up to them and tell them, okay, I just want royalties. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, great having you as the first guest first guest on the podcast. Uh, I'll let you go because I know you got stuff to do, but. I definitely appreciate you coming on and spreading your gaming wisdom because I know you got a lot more of it than I got. Anything else you want to let the listeners know? Oh no, that's that's really I'll be that's really all I want to talk about. I mean, like I said, like I said before, in closing, I'll say that is where I see things going: is the con- the uh, mobile and the uh, desktop computer, not even laptops. It depends on what happens in the next years of technology. If AMD does what they promise and the prices keep dropping. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more gaming computers because it's going to become a lot more feasible for people. Well said. Well said. All right, man. Uh, definitely appreciate you. Thank you very much for, for joining me. Appreciate it, and I'll give you a call sometime in the next couple of days. That sounds good. You have a great night, man. All right, man. You too. Appreciate it. So there you have it, guys and gals. I want to thank everybody for listening today. It's been a really, really cool experience actually having a call-in guest on the podcast this time. Uh, I'm probably going to have to do it again uh, with some other people later on down the road. Uh, of course, with you know people that have a lot more knowledge with different things than I do, just to give you a different perspective. If you have the best information, you can make the best decisions. 
you know, so I want you all to have the best information that you can possible. So I'll be the first one to tell you I don't know everything, but people that I know in the industry and that are into a lot of different things that I'm not into can give you that perspective that you may be looking for. And that's what I want to do. I want to get you the best information that I possibly can. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, if you uh, please go check out the, the website, www.downsouthitpodcast.com. You can check out everything on there, all of the past episodes from season one and all of season two so far will be up on the embedded player. Uh, you can check out the blog, the build section. Uh, I do have some reviews coming pretty shortly. I'm not sure exactly when I'm going to get those posted, but they will be posted here pretty soon. I mean, a lot of different stuff. Don't forget to check the show prep also. In the show prep area, you can find different things that I talked about on here. I'll give you a little bit of background and some of the research that I used. Uh, as far And even some of the, the products that I talked about on the podcast. You can find all that there. Everything's there, ready for download. So please go check that out. Uh, also, you can always go check out the Facebook page. I'm always posting a bunch of different good things on there. You know, some funny pictures also just to kind of break up the monotony, but some good articles and different things, you know, just to kind of keep everybody engaged. Please give me a like and a follow if you haven't done that yet, just to let me know you stopped by. And if all else fails, you can always email me too. Again, that's going to be downsouthit at gmail.com. So as I always like to end every podcast, paraphrasing from Albert Hubbard, technology can replace the work of many people but it can never replace the work of one extraordinary person. So go out and be extraordinary today. Thank you all for listening. Y'all have a great day. I'll see y'all next time on the Down South IT Podcast. Later. Later.